Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Victims and Villains Podcast. This is the show where we talk nerd, we talk hope, and we speak nothing else. I'm your host, Captain Nostalgia, and on this adventure, we are taking into one of the coolest resources that I've come across lately, thanks to our friends over at Dead Culture. Um, I'm sitting right now with the man behind uh, the service, Cope Notes, so please help me in welcoming Mr. Johnny Crowder. Thank you so much for having me. What a cool name, Captain Nostalgia. My <laughs> name is just Johnny. I need to catch up. Uh, it's funny because uh, when we when we started doing this podcast, we originally were just like strictly like nerd stuff, and we would talk about comics and movies, and then that was it. And then we when we approached our first September, we wanted to to raise awareness of suicide prevention and and hope because suicide went September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and uh, th- there was just kind of a shift in our identity after that, and Captain Nostalgia is kind of stuck. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a catchy name. Even on the Skype call, it says Captain. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, people aren't really quite sure how to how to how to take that at first, and I'm like, uh, "I love I, it." <laughs> uh, well, thanks, man. Um, so we want I want to get into a little bit of of Cope Notes in just a few minutes, um, but. You guys also, too, are a fellow podcaster as well. You guys have a, a show called the Cope Notes Podcast, and I have been listening to it in preparation for this interview. And one thing that I've really come to really love and respect about the show is the vulnerability that you have in the, the intro. You talk about being a suicide and abuse survivor or, sorry, victim for, for 20 years. And from someone that has gone through depression, from someone that has gone through suicidal tendencies and even to a point of, of even anxiety and, and still struggles with those bad days, I I can't bottle it up for, for so long. So I think um, my first question is what was what happened in your life that there was a shift after 20 years of, of bottling it up that you finally just decided to open up about it? 
Well, I think it was really gradual. Like, I like to think that it was this immediate shift where I'm like, okay, this is who I am and I'm going to own it. But I think it was actually like very slowly revealing parts of myself to my friends and family. And what really, I think, sparked that change was getting involved in um, public advocacy. So I started speaking at schools and um, hospitals with the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I was doing um, peer counseling and they have family to family classes. And I was even speaking in front of clinicians about how to treat patients. And it was weird. I kind of had to start telling strangers what I had been through to get to the point where I could tell my own friends and family. Like I kind of had to go backwards, you know? That's really interesting because like my, in my experience, uh, a lot of even doing this show, because we do a lot of outreach with our show, and ours probably looks completely different than yours, but our thing has always been to, you know, the first step is kind of to always be comfortable in your surroundings, and it is it is it is kind of backwards when you're, you're telling strangers about it, because, you know, when <laughs> we get up and we speak now, it's like, it's a room full of strangers that eventually in time will become friends, but uh, normally the, the big thing is to say, hey... Just go to people you trust, like tell one person about your struggle, tell one person about your depression or what you've been through, what you're you're going th- or what you've you just been going through. And that's interesting that you went to the the backwards route of it. Dude, I think I th- well, now I know that a big part of that was stigma. So like if you're walking down the street and you're wearing a shirt that you think is awesome and some random person like you know the janitor at a restaurant is like what a stupid shirt like they don't tell you that it's a stupid shirt and you don't know them so their opinion doesn't really matter as much to you so you're like you're not really as affected by that disapproval but then if you like show your girlfriend check out this new shirt i love it and she's like oh you you sort of feel that a little personally and for some reason that was the way i had to approach it i was like i need to put myself out there in front of people who, if they disapprove me, it won't hurt as bad as if my friends disapproved. And slowly I began to realize advocacy has nothing to do with approval and everything to do about vulnerability. That's really good. Yeah, that's a really awesome way of putting it. And so I'm curious if, if I can, because one one of the things that when we when we bring on individuals like yourself to to talk about mental health and to talk about depression and, and, and their journey is what what did suicide look for you in the throughout those 20 years uh, what was it about the the temptation of the loss of life that you held on to for all those years so i have a tattoo on my forearm that explains this pretty well it's just a big um i symbol it's like the letter i but the body of the letter is a rest symbol like a musical rest symbol and then there's also a semicolon attached to it for suicide awareness and the I being a rest symbol it's in and it's in my band I'm in a band called prison and it's in our logo and we put it on everything because when I was when I really started to look at the why like why the heck do I not want to be alive anymore it had way less to do with getting revenge or you know having any ill will towards myself and a lot more to do with eventually it just became fatigue i was so tired of losing i was so frustrated with feeling like i was failing every day and 
it took me a long time to realize that I didn't actually want death. I just wanted a break. I wanted a rest. I wanted to unplug for a weekend and recharge. And that's not something that I was allowing myself to do. And I think that's what led to my fatigue. I think that too, that goes into this almost this cultural cycle of stigma, as you had talked about, where we take we have this tendency as a culture to take such care and like have high regard for physical health because it's something that you can see. Like if I'm sitting across from you in a restaurant, I'm saying, Hey, I have this cold. You can clearly see from my cough, from my red nose that, that you can physically see that illness. But when you're talking about things of like mental health or depression or suicide, you, you kind of almost, I feel like we, we kind of don't believe it as much. We don't take people at their words because we can't, physically see it and rest is a is a huge part of that i know yesterday like this week has just been absolutely chaotic uh for us here at victims and villains and just taking on so much it's it's been great but at the same time like yesterday like i i just went into my day job and i was just kind of like today's a bad mental health day and i just feel that weight and i just i just feel that that need for rest and I think it's really important that we need to also take care of that mental health. And that mental health also includes that rest and that recharge the way that you, the same way that you recharge your body with food or drinks or water. That's the way that we need to also approach mental health. And because of that stigma, we, we, we don't really take it as seriously, I think, in, in our, our culture. So you do have stuff like your story coming out to where there's no rest and and you just kind of keep going and keep moving and suck it up kind of mentality i think it is reminding me of this um analogy that i'll sometimes use of a car and it's like some people will focus so much on the outward appearance of the car they like will buff out any scratches and get a new paint job and take it through the car wash and really really focus on that but meanwhile they like have not change their oil they their check engine light has been on they haven't taken that in and eventually your car is going to look amazing but you won't be able to use it you can't drive it anywhere so the idea that um the outward appearance is deserving of maintenance is not wrong in itself i mean definitely like you know if you want to shave shave take a shower use deodorant floss like all that stuff is important but at the same time, you can't neglect the other half because it doesn't matter how good the outside of your car looks if you can't drive it anywhere, you know? So it's the same with your body. It doesn't matter how great, how healthy you look if your insides need help. And so would you say that, you know, you also in your the podcast, you also talk about, you know, being a abuse victim as well. Would you say that the the rest kind of went hand in hand with that abuse? Because the term abuse, it can go into multiple directions, whether you're talking about being a victim of abuse in uh, a relationship or even to a you know lesser extent being self-abusive where you're indulging your body and pushing it so hard or even turning to harder things like alcohol or drugs. I think looking back, I wonder if like 99% of what I dealt with in terms of my mental health issues growing up were stemming from abuse. And th I mean, there's no question that I was self abusive. Of course, I think any suicide survivor is definitely um, would be able to connect with that. But a lot of it came from abuse in my home. And 
there's this psychological impact of abuse. So um, the, say you're physically abused for a year. Afterwards, once all, all of your physical wounds heal, you would think that, you know, that's in the past. But what it does to your brain is it says, like, you know, I deserve pain or um, I'm not worthy or I'm not intelligent or I'm not beautiful. And there's all these really insidious thoughts that maybe maybe someone never said to you, but that's the connotation. So it's taken a long time for me to look right at those thoughts that I was holding on to and say like, you know, is this really how I feel about myself or is this the result of the way I was treated? And I think a lot of people who um, right now are listening to this and they may feel that they're not beautiful or they're not intelligent or they're not capable or important. Um, I would challenge them to ask themselves, is this really how you feel about yourself or is it the result of the way someone else has treated you? No, that's really good. So what was it, what happened in your life? Like, what was this like defining moment to where you took all of this, this, these suicidal tendencies and this abuse and kind of started opening up about it? I know you had talked about, you know, getting involved with the, some of like the pure homes and stuff like that. But what was it that finally, you know, you're like, look, I've had enough. Like, what was the final straw for you? So I find this question problematic because I hear it a lot, and I think that sometimes people wait. Like in small group at church a few weeks ago, we were talking about the concept of rock bottom and how some people will say, you know, you know, they need to hit rock bottom before they turn around. And I just I want to make clear, before I answer the question, because I do have an answer, I just want to remind people that you don't have to hit rock bottom. And that that whole phrase is problematic in itself. So just know that there doesn't have to be a final straw. You can, if you're listening to this, you can decide to change right now. Maybe there is no super dramatic, you know, it's raining and you're screaming into the sky like, why God? Maybe you don't, maybe you don't need to experience something like that. Maybe you can hear this podcast and say, you know what? I'm not waiting to make a New Year's resolution in January. I'm going to make a change immediately. So I just want to preface it with that. And then I will say that something that really sort of it's one of the many, quote, defining moments that I've had, um, but it's one that stands out is I was in a relationship, a very healthy one. It was the, it was hands down the healthiest relationship I'd ever been in. And we had been dating for over a year um, and she was really supportive of everything that I was going through. And um, there was a moment where she was like she kind of teared up when we were saying goodnight. And I was like, what's happening? Like, I see you <laughs> several times a week. I don't know why you're tearing up and getting all sappy right now. It's not like I'm going on tour or anything. And she said, well, sometimes when I say goodnight to you, I'm afraid that I won't see you tomorrow. Like, I'm not even sure if it's hard to date somebody if you don't know whether or not they're going to be alive the next day. And that was the first time I realized that my behavior was impacting like literally the only person in my life who was fighting for my good, like my only ally. Cause before I thought, um, you know, I would look at other people and think like, you don't know what I'm going through and the pain I feel is too deep for you to comprehend. And that was a moment when I realized, Oh crap, like this is hurting other people too. And that broke my heart. Wow. That's uh that's definitely impactful to, cause I, I think that's, that's something that you don't ever really give weight to uh because depression has this tendency or you know the suicide or addiction to where it's just 
you're trying to find a way to numb your pain, but you never really think of how that pain's going to affect other people. And when I went through my season of like depression and my season of, of suicide, that was definitely something that I felt heavy about, like was just did not give any, any indications or like really any thought to how my parents would react if I woke up, uh, if I killed myself or my, uh, my my aunts or my uncles or my grandparents or my sister or friends or you know you just you didn't ever think of that those those weights and so that's a definitely a, a tonal shift when you have a conversation like that i it's so funny at the time i felt i really felt like i was a team of one and sometimes that you're right that is what depression and anxiety can trick you into thinking that no one's on your side but in that in in that season of my life, I was like, well, at least I have one teammate, and it was her. So finding out that I was hurting my only teammate, I'm like, okay, that's it. You know, if my depression and anxiety and and OCD and schizophrenia and bipolar, all this stuff, if all my diagnoses are hurting me, that's one thing. But the moment it starts to hurt my only teammate, I'm freaking. I, I was like indignant after that. I was like, <laughs> it lit a fire in me for sure because you get protective over people you love. Absolutely. And it's it's good to ha- make sure that you have those people on your in your side and definitely in your corner, because that's one thing that we've definitely stressed over the last year is just the importance of community, because community can be vital to a person struggling with depression or thinking about suicide community. If you can have that one person even that you can just convey and just be transparent and vulnerable with they can very much so be the life or death to your story. And, and that's, that's a thing of beauty. So to, to know that, you know, you had that one person and then say, okay, I'm hurting this one person. It's it's time to make a change. Dude. And even, even, you know, part of, part of what I did wrong in that relationship was I put a lot of weight on her to help me with stuff. But the fact is, if you have a friend who's going through something, you don't need to like, sit, you know, throw them on your back and carry them through the desert. Like it's a lot simpler than that. It it might not look like, you know, it could look like taking them to the hospital or helping them find counselors and stuff. But it also could look like inviting them over on a Wednesday and just yeah. like being a friend, you know, like watching, you know, literally inviting them over and watching the office and ordering pizza. And it's like that could be saving someone's life like the the defining factor of you contributing is not what you contribute it's that you contribute just including them in a group text or something like just inclusion is the key yeah and it's funny because we we a couple episodes back we did invader zim and there was a portion of that conversation when we talked about the power of affirmation we had talked about you know holding the door open for someone or telling someone hey i really like your shirt or I really like your your dress or nice hat or just complimenting someone's like outward appearance and for us we do a lot of conventions and I know how much time people place into like getting cosplays ready so I always try and like make it a point to say at least to one person or one to five people every convention we do that's an awesome cosplay like tell me the story of of why you chose this like why you got that started and like it's that affirmation and that just that depth of kindness and like you said like that inclusion and 
spotlight on those people it it does it does change life and it doesn't have to be this big grandiose thing like it can just be the office and pizza or (laughs) group text and and or even just a high five like that's it goes a long way you know i i agree and i also think you brought up something really important which is just meeting someone where they are like if they're at a convention show them that kindness at the convention it doesn't need to be you know, you know, I think people try to confine um, positivity and health and stuff to like, oh, that's that's for hospitals or that's for church or that's for the gym. And it's like, no, that's for freaking concerts and restaurants and like anywhere you go, you have an opportunity to pay someone a compliment and just speak life. And what you said is so important. Like maybe someone at that at that convention is thinking like, oh, like my wig looks terrible or my makeup is smearing or whatever. And they're like in their own head about something they put a lot of hard work into. And a compliment can freaking turn them upside down. Like it's powerful, bro, especially from a stranger, like unsolicited compliments. Yeah, it's ironic because like that's how I've actually created some of my my best relationships uh, in the past five years is just been by starting off conversations with tell me about tell me about you tell me about your art tell me about your your passions like what brought you to this point because like i love what i see here but i want to know more about it and josh howell who is the author behind the fear saga that we've had on the show many times is a perfect example of that uh justin purvis who we've had on the show a couple times from movie buff is another great example of that and and just just being able to really dialogue with people and get to know them and it's taken conversations and relationships past the convention floor and really brought that into just real life and there'll be some times where like i'll randomly get messages from those people and that's the kind of relationships that you know start with hey i really think what you have here is awesome tell me more about it or hey this is an awesome cosplay you know tell me tell me how long it took and tell me about the process here yeah all right, so so one of the things that, that really kind of drew me to you guys is the service that you offer, and it's called Cope Notes. Tell us a little bit about what Cope Notes is. So long story short, because there's a ton of psychology and a ton of tech that went into it, but essentially we send people text messages every day that help them build healthier mental and emotional habits. So if you're a subscriber, you get a text once a day and it could have a psychology fact or advice or encouragement or something like a positive affirmation or a prompt that you can respond to and use it as a digital journal. And over time, getting this stimulus at these random times literally changes the way the physical way your brain is wired. It is bananas. <laughs> So where did this actually come from? Because you talk about the psychology of it, but also rewiring your brain. I mean, obviously, that's a lot of science. And so what was the journey like in developing something like this? Because (laughs) I don't know if a lot of people know, like, know, know your story or like know where you come from. But you're like, you're like a, a, like a band guy. So, you know, prison and dark sermon and you know, how does a guy that tours the world doing heavy metal come into something like this? 
Dude, believe it or not, so I wanted to be a rock star since I was like seven years old. So running a healthcare tech startup is like the polar opposite thing of being a rock star. And I literally, I, I started making music at a really young age. But then when my um, my mental illnesses got a little more pronounced and they started impeding on my life more, I started looking into you know, psychology. And in high school, I actually took two collegiate years of abnormal psych. Then I went to the University of Central Florida um, to finish up my psych degree. And I planned on becoming a counselor. But literally, while I was in school, my band got signed and started touring. So I thought, you know, I'm going to finish up my degree on tour. And then in between tours, I'll be a therapist or a counselor. And what wind up happening was we we actually, the band got a lot busier than I expected. So we started touring more and more and on tour, I was realizing like, you know, if I, if I get on stage and say something to someone or to the whole crowd, I say something positive or something that helps them that night, then I leave and I'm gone for like, I don't play that city for another like six months or a year, depending on what, what, what kind of market it is. So I was like, man, I want to create something that can be here when I'm not. And after a few years of different iterations, Cope Notes is the one that has prevailed. So I, I, I am like genuinely curious, like how did you guys kind of stumble upon the formula to say, okay, we want to basically be be able to speak life into people seven days a week. 365 days a year, no matter whether you're in America, France, Australia, Japan, we want to be able to be the premier service that is going to say, hey, this is the positivity that you need. And if you're having a if you're having a day where you're just down in the dumps, Cope Notes is here for you. Like, like, where did this where did the story for Cope Notes kind of all begin? Um, And. I mean, obviously, with with doing with doing it, there's obviously a lot of like psychology and uh, science involved into it. So, where did the the journey for Cope Notes begin, essentially? It, it Cope Notes is so clearly born from my frustration with other mental health resources that I've used because, and I had a few main issues that. I kept experiencing with everything, you know, like even while I was in treatment. So I'm going to therapy every week, taking medication every day, tons of medication, tons of therapy for years and years. And even outside of that, I'm, you know, someone's like this self-help book will change your life in a day. And I'm like, okay, I'll buy that. And this webinar will change the way you think in four hours. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll buy a ticket to that. And then this beetroot extract will change the way your brain is wired. And in seven days, I'm like, okay, cool. So I would keep on like, reaching out to all of these things that promise quick fixes. And I had a few main beefs with all of these things that made me want to create my own. So one was cost. You would not freaking believe how much some of this stuff costs. So one therapy session with my therapist was around 150 bucks and they recommended that I go twice a week. So if you want to do some math, that's $1,200 a month, not including medications, of which I was using five. So we're talking like thousands of dollars before I use any of the other resources. So one thing that always just inhibited me from looking into other resources was cost. Another one was the way stuff was worded 
it was like either really stiff and clinical and cold and didn't help me at all or it was like really fluffy and airy and like feel good nonsense and it just didn't really connect with me like smile and you know today is wonderful it's like no it's not like i just got rear-ended today sucks <laughs> so i i wanted something that was real and then third of all this was the factor that i think helped influence the the concepts and the structure behind cope notes it is just the fact that humans are inconsistent and to build a new habit or break an old one you need consistency so mm -hmm. i would buy you know i would buy a book a textbook or like no let's just say i buy a self-help book and i put it on my nightstand if i get into a funk i'm not using it i'm not touching it for a few weeks and i you know if i go if i go to my friend's house for the weekend and forget my vitamin i'm like oh well i don't need it and all of a sudden i'm breaking that consistency so i knew that i needed to build something that could guarantee the consistency that a human being can't guarantee. And then also I needed it to reach out because we say to our friends all the time, you know, if you're going through something, don't be afraid to reach out. And it's like, well, yeah, if you've ever freaking been through something, you know that 90% of you wants to curl up into a ball and shut yourself in your room. So I needed to make a resource that would actually be proactive and reach out to people instead of waiting around for them to make the first move. That's beautiful. And and you're right. Like the, the we always we just talk about like bettering yourself, but it's it's weird because like I think even I was talking to a a buddy of mine last night and his doctor told him that he, that he needed to lose weight cuz like his cholesterol was like super high and he's kind of pushing the 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 door of obesity and it's like you think about even in the way that we take care of our physical bodies and I can go to something like McDonald's and get a full meal for like five bucks, but to eat a full like sustaining meal of something actually nutritional and valuable to my body, you're probably going to be spending double or even triple that. And so, you know, when you think about the, the mental health costs as well like you're like you said like there's there's thousands of dollars that you're pouring in every month to better yourself and cope notes i think uh when they were ta talking to us about it last week uh dead culture was it was just kind of one of those things where i was like man this is like this is genius like everybody that i know has technology like even if they have a, a dumb phone they still text yeah every everyone still gets on on facebook or instagram or twitter like we've just built this culture around that and so it's like okay well how do we take the how do we take these high values of bettering yourself without breaking the bank and appeal to someone right where they're at but send them text every day Dude, the whole <laughs> I have so I don't let me get on a soapbox here, but there is this mindset that drives me nuts, which is that phones are evil. We're like, oh, it's these phones that are ruining our kids' lives. And it's like, no, the heck they're not. Phones are not ruining people's lives. It's people's relationship with their phone. It's what you know, what are they using it for? Are they seeing a bunch of um, violent 
videos or are they being cyber bullied and stuff like that's what's causing the damage but a phone can be used for amazing amazing things like you facetime your granddaughter you know and you're like wow this is the first time i've seen my granddaughter like there are amazing things you can use a phone for and we just want to combat that with no you don't need to be tech savvy no you don't need to have the newest iphone to use this this is like very basic technology in terms of what the user actually experienced. And we keep all of the really complicated tech stuff on the back end. So you guys never have to see it, but it is, it is, we just wanted to make sure that it was accessible because so many tools don't feel like they are. Yeah. So this is, this is my big question and just kind of getting into like, I guess the logistics of the service. How do you guys, like, do you guys have like an algorithm where you say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to send out positive notes. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday, they're going to be psychology facts. And then Saturday and Sunday, we're going to do like interactive tutorials or no. like, like, so, so how do you guys, I, I guess, how do you every day, what, what is the, how do you go about like sending out these messages or like deciding what to send out? So I'll, I will preface this answer with um, the fact that your brain interprets stimulus in whatever way it's going to interpret it. Mm -hmm. So if I picked what I think you need to hear on, say, say I tried to pick a father's day text and I'm like, Oh, this is what people need to read on father's day. I would be right for like maybe 15% of people. And then for 85% of people, they'd be like, what? (laughs) This is like, not, it does not relate to my, relationship with my father at all so the power of your brain to interpret something is what really does all the heavy lifting so we have basically this super wacky complicated system that makes a lot of sense somehow and essentially no two subscribers ever receive the same text on the same day at the same time which means that the moment you sign up, you're going to have a different experience with Cope Notes than anyone who has ever used it before and anyone who will ever use it after you. So what that does is it allows you to have a uniquely personal experience with Cope Notes so that when you get a text, you don't think, oh, this probably went to 5 million people at the exact same time and it wasn't for me. You think your brain literally asks itself, well, why did I get this text right now? Why was it for me in this moment? And that's where a lot of the really powerful work gets done because it's not, you can't assign that change to cope notes because someone else who got that very same text, you know, we've sent out a text and one person gets a divorce from it, from an abusive spouse and another person proposes to someone from the same text. So it's not, you know, part of it is that the text is the stimulus that you needed, but the bulk of it is your brain interpreting it and that's what causes change. So you're doing the heavy lifting, you're building the skills and that's what creates sustainable change. That's incredible. And uh, so I guess with it also too, is you guys also put out a weekly or biweekly, I guess, podcast. Uh, What was it about the format of podcasting that made you want to take cope notes and bring it into a half hour to 45 minute discussion every other week. I think 
the, and keep in mind, I'm not bashing the 160 character limit of a text message. I think sometimes that's really good because it forces you to get your point across really succinctly. But sometimes these things are worth digging into. You know, it's like how how much how much can you really really put into 160 characters you can put a good chunk of stuff in there and really get the brain you know get its wheels turning but if you want to dig in and camp out on a topic like sometimes it really does take 45 minutes of like picking it apart and having a real conversation and i think that i just wanted to create something that say say someone does the free trial for cope notes and they're like you know what um i don't really feel like getting a text every day. It just doesn't feel like something that I, I'm not interested in it. The fact that they can also check out the podcast and use that as a resource whenever they choose. So the balls in their court was really important to me. I wanted there to be an option for people who, you know, of course people who love cope notes and want more, but also for, for maybe people who might say, you know what? I just don't like getting text messages for whatever reason. I wanted to have a resource for them as well. Yeah, and and I think one of the one of the things that I've really come to love and respect about the the podcast portion of what you guys do is that it's not these like grandiose like celebrities. No, heck no, <laughs> screw that. Because <laughs> uh, like it it's like sometimes like when you talk about like podcasting, people like name off like the the really big guys, and it's like, well, I listen to the to the indie guys because like if I want to connect with someone's program. I want it to be someone that's on my level and understands that level of humility. And just from you know what I've listened to so far, you guys have had a tattoo artist on it, a comedian, a barber, uh, a pastor. You guys have had the the COO of American Genius News Network, and you guys have had the uh, a founder of Bambiz, a teacher. And it's, I guess. I guess my question is like, what what is it about those particular people or about their particular stories to say I want to unpack this because someone needs to hear what you have to say, dude? Here's what. So no lie, Mental Health News Radio Network offered me a podcast last year, and I said heck no because <laughs> I don't, I do not want to contribute to the noise. There's so many like, okay, we're interviewing another clinician, we're interviewing another author who's doing a book tour, we're interviewing. Justin Bieber for the 900th time this week. It's like those people, while they have valuable stories, I'm sure they've already gotten to tell them hundreds and hundreds of times. And when we see someone in the street, like, you know, we see a janitor and we think, you know, well, his story isn't as interesting as Justin Bieber's. I'd rather hear Justin Bieber's. And it's like, why is that? Like, when was the last time you looked at someone and thought, wow, that person is a wealth of knowledge and information and they have so much life experience that I could learn from and I empathize with them. Like, the only reason I agreed to do this podcast this year was I talked to Mental Health News Radio and I said, if we do this, it has to be with like normal people. We had a nanny on and it was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It is it is fascinating the type of experiences that people have and these are not super rich and powerful people that you think are unattainable and you're like oh what's their story and oh I could never relate to that it's like these are people you sit next to on the bus like these are real people you know I freaking love that 
Yeah, and I think one of the one of my favorite episodes that I've listened to so far was the was the Billy Toller episode where you had this guy that just had this this huge passion for tattooing and drawing and art and just got so much into it that he just became burnt out and it's like i think that's a that's something that a lot of us listening right now can relate to is just being so passionate about something and then that passion just becomes work and routine and somewhere along that transition you you take that that uh, passion that once existed and it's not there anymore and and you just kind of become burnt out and that passion becomes replaced by routine and you have to say okay what needs to happen so that routine goes back to passion and sometimes it goes back to you know treating your body and your mental health state with with rest and respect and just just taking a step back sometimes one of the goals of the podcast is just to hopefully remind people that they're not the only person experiencing whatever it is. And we create these different categories of people in our head. It's like, well, I have nothing in common with the tattoo artist. I'm like, oh, really? Listen to this podcast. Or like, I have nothing in common with an entrepreneur or, you know, with an actress. Or And it's like, no, dude, you have everything in common with all these people. And my goal is just to, for when someone walks into a room, they look around at not a bunch of people who are unattainable and unreachable and siloed and they have nothing in common with. And they look at these people and they're like, wow, this person probably got just as frustrated as I was in traffic on the way here. This person is probably just as stressed about um, the hurricane coming as I am. Like just understanding that, you know, you are not the only one. And I know that is so cliche. It makes me roll my eyes. You guys can't, listeners can't see it right now, but I'm (laughs) rolling my eyes back in my head at the whole you are not alone thing. But in truth, everything I do is to remind people that like, bro, you are special for sure, but you are not so unique that no one knows what you're going through. There's gotta be someone somewhere who can relate. And honestly, the thing that brought me the most peace out of music was hearing you know, uh, metal and hardcore growing up and hearing these people, you know, and they're they're 15 years older than me and they live on the other side of the country. And, you know, this this guy is, you know, black or he has a prosthetic arm or something. And I'm just like, wow, we have like so little in common with like not only where he grew up, the decade that he grew up in, like there's so many differences. And yet what he's saying resonates with what I'm going through. And that was the first time I probably ever had any sort of hope that maybe what I was experiencing wasn't my fault. Maybe it was part of the human condition. Yeah, and that's something that you look around and and one of the things that I I love about doing this podcast is those those differences. So people are like describe your podcast or your vision for your podcast, and it's like, well, we're pop culture meets suicide prevention because, but if you look at through our discover discography, like. This past the episode before yours, we did uh, horror film, Batman, and Disney. Before that, we did Invader Zim. After this, we're doing all about dogs and all about cats. And it's like, <laughs> it's like we want to put out content that is going to resonate with different people groups because depression is going to sneak into those different people groups. Depression can affect everyone, and suicide can come and knocking at anybody's door it's about how we respond to it and we want that message to to come and be known to people so it's it's crazy because we look at you know the outward appearance and say okay well 
this person that has all these tattoos is probably not gonna know not gonna know what it's like to to be me a clean cut christian conservative female mm-hmm. and it's like well maybe maybe not like just looking <laughs> from the outside appearance like we we both could have grown up in like bad homes or we both might like ice cream or you know whatever yeah. like it, it's it's crazy that you know we we do that so frequently and we just kind of like take a look at someone and then like write them off like and and it's like well look we might not be into the same things but i guarantee that there's some common ground that just exists if you would just like talk and, and kind of get to know and that's one thing that i've really enjoyed about cope notes podcast has been you know understanding that people that I may never walk a mile in your shoe. Like I can't draw for crap, but <laughs> or cut hair for crap. But you know, I I understand and have friends that are tattoo artists. I have friends that are barbers, and I understand that they go through the same struggles that I do. Yeah. It might look different, but you know that's that's the beauty of life is that we all might look different on the outside, but <laughs> I think if we stopped and actually listened to one another, you would find stories are often a lot the same. Mm. All right. Well, uh, so I'm going to ask this because I, I guarantee that there are people uh, that are probably listening to this and be like, Cope Note sounds like a great service. And <clears throat> so what? Uh, tell us a little bit more details about the, the services that you guys offer as far as pricing and stuff like that. Yeah. So first of all, I want to preface this with, oh, wow, I've said preface three times. Ding, ding, ding. I need a <laughs> freaking award for doing that. That's a habit. I wonder how often I do that on other podcasts. <laughs> um, um, yeah, before I get into anything, I just want to say if you are curious about Cope Notes and you want to try it for free, like risk free, it's not going to charge you. We don't need your name. We don't need your email address. Like we don't need any information, just your phone number. Um, you can text. If you live in the US, you can text the word Cope to the number 33222, and that'll automatically start your trial. And then if you live outside of the US or you would prefer to do it on our website, um, you can just go to copenotes.com and there's a button right at the top to use a free trial and you just type in your phone number. It is super easy. We're not going to sneak charge you or you know, steal your data or anything like that. Um, and then if you want to actually subscribe after you use the free trial, um, a full year of Cope Notes costs less than a single therapy session. So it's either $9.99 a month or $8.99 um, if you do the annual plan. And then we also work with um, like insurance companies and hospitals and schools and universities and employers for like employee wellness, student wellness and all that stuff. And that is um, cheaper depending on the size of the organization. And then also you can buy a subscription for a friend or family member. So say you think, you know, I'm not really into this, but I know that my wife could really benefit from it or something like that. You're more than welcome to do that. That is as awesome, man. So um, I'm going to preface that, oh, man. Now you got me. Yeah, <laughs> let's ah! go. We need a little counter on like a little ding. And now it's four. <laughs> See, I'm just envisioning Pee-wee's Playhouse where the celebration begins. And they're like, you say word of day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's actually going to do it for us, man. But I, I want to, before we 
go ahead and, and jump into your socials and where people can find more about it. I just want to encourage anyone that's listening to this right now, if you or someone you know is struggling with suicide, addiction, self-harm, or depression, you guys can reach out to us or any of our on any of our social media. You can call the Suicide Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, or you can also text anonymously, help to 741-741 or go to victimsandvillains.net where you guys can get even more resources past the ones that I've just mentioned. All of those resources plus the additional ones are going to be in the description for wherever you guys um, are listening to this podcast on whatever podcasting platform, whether that be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything else. Uh, this is the reason we create the content. This is the reason we have conversations like we do today with Johnny and and Will Shire and just the the dozens of other people we've had on this show is so that you guys can know that there is hope and that there's always a resource out there and tomorrow is always worth reaching for. So you guys, if you go to victimsandvillains.net forward slash hope, you guys can get not only resources and access to cope notes, but other resources as well, like get connected with a counselor and specific, uh, specific hotlines as well. Uh, but Johnny, where can people find, follow your adventures online and where can people find more about cope notes? So, I am my name. My full name is Johnny Crowder, and on Instagram, I am Johnny Crowder loves you because I do. And on Facebook, I hope you're able to find me just by typing in my name. Um, all the Cope Notes information you could ever dream of is on our website. It's just copenotes.com. If you are a metal fan, or even if you're not, you're just curious. My band is called Prison, and we're on Spotify. Um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you want to look. And lastly, I just want to say. Real quick, there. if you're listening to this, you listen to the whole podcast and you're like, you know what? I've never had any suicidal thoughts and I've never dealt with anxiety and I've never dealt with depression and none of this is resonating with me. I encourage you to just try Cope Notes anyway because it's not for it's not built for a certain type of person who's been through a certain type of thing. It is built for anyone with a brain and with a heart and is a human who is had who is not perfect. So if you're listening to this, the odds are you could at least benefit from doing the trial. There's no obligation to ever pay for anything. I just encourage people to at least let us help build you up for one week. That's all I want. Absolutely. And we fully support what Cope Notes is doing. It's a great it's a great vision and it's a great understanding and just who doesn't need a little bit more positivity in their life? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, buddy. No problem. You guys can follow us everywhere on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts from, Ad Victims and Villains. And if you guys would like to help us get mental health resources into schools for as little as a dollar a month, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash victims and villains or pick up some sweet swag from our Etsy shop. And all that money goes right back into uh, the road and getting mental health resources into schools and conventions. Johnny, thank you so much for taking time to uh, unpack and just share your vision for Cope Notes. Absolutely. Keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you, sir. Until next time, remember to keep talking nerd, talking hope, speaking nothing else, and always spay and neuter your pets.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.